Hello, this is Mr. Boyle's voice, and in this presentation I'm going to talk about integrating quotations, specifically when to use quotations in academic writing. Here are the contents of this presentation. Feel free to pause me now and look at this slide in more depth. First, we'll talk about quotation format in narrative writing. For example, one form of narrative writing is found in novels, like in this novel from the author Elmore Leonard. He mentioned stopping there, Mr. Malson said. All right, Valdez said, because there was nothing else he could say. I'll go talk to him. Do that, Mr. Beaudry said. Leonard, 33. First, let's talk about the signal phrases in this conversation. Signal phrases are words which identify the speaker of the quotation. And in narrative writing, they often follow the direct quotation. This format is seen a lot in storytelling because the author is trying to immerse you in the story. He or she wants the signal phrase to be less noticeable, as if you are actually there, listening to the conversation as it happens. In academic writing, the opposite is true. In this type of writing, the purpose is to inform a reader about a topic, or persuade a reader about your opinion. You're not trying to make the reader forget where they are. On the contrary, you're making certain that it is always immediately clear who is speaking or what source you are using. For instance, here is an example of a quotation that is attached to an inappropriate signal phrase. Whenever you include a paraphrase, summary, or direct quotation of another writer in your paper, Prepare your readers for it with introductory words called a signal phrase. Hacker and Somers say on page 467, The reason this is inappropriate is because in academic writing, you often have multiple sources in addition to your own opinion. You always have to be clear about which source is speaking or if you yourself are making an argument. And when you delay the signal phrase to the end of the quotation, it can be very unclear to your readers who is speaking. Here's an example of a more appropriate signal phrase, put at the beginning of the quotation. In addition, you might simply refer to the authors of your source in the signal phrase. For example, you could say here, according to Hacker and Somers, and then move on with the quotation. Now let's talk about when to use quotations. Two instances where quoting is appropriate are described in your handbook. According to your student handbook, you should include quotations when language is especially vivid or expressive, or when exact wording is needed for technical accuracy. Acker and Somers, 469. For example, here is an example of vivid language. According to your writing and response textbook, writing can be brutally hard work like carving granite with a teaspoon. Parfit, 93. In this quotation, Matthew Parfit uses a simile in order to compare the act of writing to an impossible task. That is, he compares writing to carving solid stone with a very small, very inappropriate tool. This kind of metaphorical language is very visual, and it creates an image in the reader's head, which is a very memorable way to support your argument. And here's an example of a quote where technical accuracy requires a quotation. According to the NOVA website, 
The Pathway to the Baccalaureate program was launched in 2005 with 330 high school seniors and now boasts 6,500 active participants and more than 8,000 total students served by the program. Pathway to the Baccalaureate. In this slide, there is a lot of technical detail with specific statistics. The reason it's a good idea to quote here is because it's very difficult to paraphrase this information. After all, numbers are numbers. They don't really have synonyms. Consequently, it's usually a good idea to use a direct quotation when quoting technical language like this. Additionally, your handbook describes three more instances where quoting is appropriate. According to your student handbook, quotations allow debaters to speak for themselves, they help authoritative speakers strengthen your argument, and they serve as examples of the author's argument that can be analyzed or evaluated. Hacker and Somers, 469. For example, here is a quotation that could be used for all three purposes. So first of all, I am allowing a debater to express an opinion. DeWall believes that apes can possess human qualities. However, many of his colleagues disagree with him. So it's a good idea to quote him directly to allow him to express his specific opinion. In addition, I have noted his title, an expert professor of primate behavior. It's usually a good idea to directly quote experts so that you can show you aren't just using evidence from random people on the street. You are searching out experts on your subject and using their direct quotation. Finally, when you want to disagree with somebody, it is usually best to directly quote them. That way, the readers won't feel as if you are being unfair to the author by taking their words out of context. You are using their exact words to express their exact opinion. For more information and practice on integrating quotations, turn to the appropriate section of your Rules for Writers Handbook. Chapter 58A, Use Quotations Appropriately, Hacker and Somers, 469 to 471. In our next video, we're going to look more specifically and how we use signal phrases to introduce both quoted text and your own opinion. Thank you for viewing this presentation. Good luck with your writing.